Bonjour, it's Claire. Welcome and thanks for listening to the Integrally Alive podcast, where we explore resilience and how to spark a life and go from alive-ish to alive. Today I'm with, I'm with I'm, Amrit Sandhu. Hi, Amrit. Thanks for being with us today. Such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so Amrit is a meditation uh, instructor, corporate trainer, personal development coach, and life coach at Mind Valley for Australia. He's a life coach and a podcaster for Inspired Evolution. And maybe less known, he's also helping aspiring podcasters to begin their journey. And actually, that's how I met him. So like it or not, he is to blame for giving me the last push to end this podcast alive. <laughs> so this interview is, uh, is special for me. That's the end of the episode. No? <laughs> <laughs> so it makes this interview a bit special because I'm so grateful. <laughs> this podcast wouldn't have been online so quickly without the last push. So thank you, Amrit. <laughs> it's been such a blessing to uh, just be part of your journey, sister. It's been so amazing watching Integrally Alive podcast and listening to your episodes as well. And it's it's really beautiful. Just um, yeah, just just watching you share. Like there's so much in there, and just to think that you know there wasn't ever a podcast that was that was there before we met. <laughs> crazy because there's the I've, I've, yeah your episodes are beautiful and just the the message that you have to share is so profound you know so i consider it a real blessing to be a part of your journey yeah thank you <laughs> so today we will talk about inspiration living on purpose health and meditation and much more so let's dive in actually how did you come to be a coach and meditation instructor Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like we would need three hours? <laughs> um, okay, so to cut a very long story quite short, yeah. um, let's go with basically I, um, I struggled with depression for about five to seven years. Um, and the, I remember once I got diagnosed with depression because I was struggling with it, not really knowing what was going on with me. I was just in this life funk and I just thought everybody felt this way, but I was just desperate and helpless and you know I, I didn't know I didn't know what was wrong I knew something was wrong mm -hmm. um, I, I just thought everybody had this this wrong feeling inside and everybody was just trying to do the best that they could um, and then basically I ended up in the, the psychologist um, chair and um, at this point the psychologist prescribed me um, medication she was like here are some antidepressant pills and the doctor that was uh, like hosting the psychologist in their office. Hosting is probably not the right word. Um, but yeah, uh, she offered me a mindfulness practice. So with oh. the psychologist and the doctor, they gave me a, um, well, not even a mindfulness. It was, it was a mindfulness practice I discovered after, but it was a breathing technique and mm. pre uh, prescription pills. And I remember taking my first prescription pill and it was amazing. The euphoria was like a whole nother. I was this and, um, Shortly after, uh, I like a few hours after, like having done all the chores in my house, cleaned my room, done everything, you know, I I crashed off taking the medication. Mm. That was right after I took that. I was like, no, certainly not. This is no way to live. Like I, as much as this was amazing, having experienced my first my first pill, um, <clears throat> I, I refused to take this again because I could just feel that the compound effect of consistently yeah. going up and crashing, up and crashing. I wasn't so much into health then. I was, you know, going to the gym a lot, but I just kind of knew in the back of something was like, this is not right. 
And um, but I remember when the when the lady gave me the when the doctor gave me the and bless her soul, she has completely changed my life. This lady, but I remember when she gave me this breathing exercise, I looked at her and like I was just inside. I I was. <laughs> To be honest, I was actually quite upset with her because I'd been with someone, <laughs> I'd do something for years, right? Like I was, I was struggling with depression for five to seven years. Yeah. Like someone gives you like a five-step breathing exercise and you're like breathing, like really like yeah. five to seven years of all this stuff <clears throat> and breathing. Like this is really what you're going to give me? Mm-hmm. Like, thanks, mate. I'm glad I got the pills, you know? And I went home and then I took the pill and then it was like the reverse happened. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I can't take the pills. And so I was kind of like in this readjustment, recalibration phase and I remember being in a situation where my environment triggered my impression and anxiety and I could feel like everything closing in and I was just like, oh, like, mm. and I didn't know what to do at the time. And I literally just pulled out my phone and I, by some form of grace, I had the breathing exercise tucked into the back cover of my mobile phone. And I never thought to look at it again, but it was just there. And so I, I, I happened to be face to face with the breathing exercise. Yeah. I was actually going to call somebody. Like I was going to pull out my phone and just escape. But I was looking at the breathing exercise and I tried it. I breathed in. One. Breathed out. Two. Breathed in. Three. Breathed out. Four. Breathed in. Five breathed out for and as I started just doing that everything just settled everything like I started breathing I started settling I was totally comfortable I I started becoming really comfortable where I was at I was like what just happened like I was floored you know like moments just moments before I was feeling like dense dense anxiety like I was feeling like I was an imposter I was in the wrong place I was doing all the wrong things I was like every fur on a cat's back that you were rubbing the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, like just connecting to my breath and counting that breath just completely brought me back to the, well, now obviously it's the present moment, right? In the here and the now. Mm-hmm. But I had no language around it. So I was just completely mystified. And, um, and that basically started a journey. Um, I was, I left Adelaide and uh, I went to university in Queensland and um, I started reading books on mindfulness the first book i read was the happiness trap um beautiful book on mindfulness and yeah. then from mindfulness um basically the the journey then became meditation um and being indian i grew up my father was always a meditator he would meditate every morning for hours and hours, and hours. um yeah like like every day he'd wake up and he'd spend time first thing he would do was basically like make himself a cup of tea and go sit and meditate in the sun and that was his daily thing. And then he'd go to work, you know, and he worked exorbitantly long hours, very, very hard work. Mm. And, and um, yeah, from there, I just got exposed to meditation, but I never really thought it was something for me. It was something that was for him. And he's the wisest person I've ever met, you know, and he is my teacher on so many levels, spiritual, worldly, everything. Um, but I never really saw like the meditation being a thing that was like, you know, helping him learn so much about himself and the world and everything. And uh, basically once mindfulness happened, I realized that, that my, my father was practicing deep meditation and I came to meditation. And ever since then, like, it's, it's like, I can't imagine what my life would be like without meditation, to be honest. <laughs> well, there's so much in that. Um, and for- that's the short version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so, you know, beginning this um, 
this, uh, this integrally life adventure, I hear so many stories about depression, suicide and so on. And one thing that comes all the time, every time, is the person thinking that it's a problem with them and there is something they're doing wrong, but everyone else is great. And it's so important what you said, that you can have depression for a long time before realizing, oh, I have depression. And a lot of people are, are helpless because of that. They just think, oh, it's something I have to, I have to put up of with, uh, with that. They're pushing through. Yeah, and something you touched on, like what you're sharing now is really profound because for me personally, I'm not sure if this is the same for everybody. I can't speak for everybody. Mm. Um, but for me personally, um, I, I remember like maybe like people get hung up on whether it's good to label things or not label things. That's a whole nother conversation. But being diagnosed with depression in itself, I found personally quite healing because yeah. all of a sudden there was language and I was like, oh, this is what everybody else is talking about, this whole depression thing, you know? And it was like, ah, oh, I'm not alone. That yeah. was like, the, 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 it wasn't like, oh, I've got a label. It was like, oh, I'm not alone, you know? And the minute I realized that I wasn't alone in feeling what I felt, half of, half of it just dissipated there, yeah. you know? It's like, it's okay. Like other people go through it too, you know? I'm, I'm not alone in this. But yeah, it's it's... It's, you know, and it's in, in today's society, they say one in two anxious or depressed, you know? Yeah, that's exactly so. why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> same, you know, and it's, it's fascinating. It's, you know, and a lot of people, like you said, you know, they, they end up pretty hard on themselves in terms of, you know, like maybe I did this or something like this. And I often, I often bring to them, you know, ask them the question, which is a very simple question, but it, it's quite a rabbit hole, which is, did you ever stand a chance? You know, it's, um, I remember I, I used to live in the city in Melbourne and there was this massive billboard in near the train station of this person, you know, in his uh, shirtless wearing his briefs, you know, and six pack perfectly airbrushed mm -mm. post, this person that's just perfect, right? And I'm looking at him and I'm like within, I can tell you now within like at least a one kilometer radius of this poster, and this is the, the densest part of Melbourne CBD. There is maybe, maybe three to four people that look like this. Mm. Like the majority of us don't look like this. Yeah. Right? But this is what we're told that this is what we should look like by society. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I just asked the question, like, did we, did you ever stand a chance? Like, you know, society is, I'm not blaming, society has many positive functions. It's incredible. But when it comes to marketing and the way capitalism like works in terms of helping you be marketed things too, like you walk down a supermarket aisle and you can see all these airbrushed picture perfect faces of people that they're not even the people. They've taken photos of people when they've touched yeah, them. Yeah, it's Photoshop. Mm. Yeah, right. And it's like, that's, that's, there's no humanity in that, but you're still a human inside and you're looking at these things and you're like, I don't feel like that. Maybe I'll purchase this. So I look like that. Your self-worth is consistently going down. How are you not going to end up depressed or anxious? Did you ever stand a chance? Yeah, yeah, I totally with you on that. And there's something about fitting in the box. Like we are, we are sold some kind of ideal life and then we try to fit in that. And whether society, family, we have many inputs that push us in that direction. And many people actually never thought about really what, what do I want with life? What do I want to do? 
there is one track and it seems to be the way and they're going on that way. And often I hear stories about, you know, this uh, well-known uh, expression of climbing the wrong ladder and getting to the top and realizing, uh-oh, that was not what I wanted to do. I'm really successful, but mm -mm. Wow. So and what you're sharing is like really the, some of the deepest stuff in my heart that I, I am, I'm like, I'm so passionate to share. So thank mm. you so much for holding space for this. If I may, um, sure. There's a couple of rants. There's a couple of rants. So I'm just going <laughs> to go on really quickly. Um, firstly, I feel personally that you're when you were talking about fitting in the box, it's really interesting that you use that word fit. And it's, you know, we all use that because it's like, we use the word fitness a lot as well. Mm. You know? I was in the, I was, I was trying to get fit. I was lifting weights. I was getting, like, I looked really healthy on the exterior, but inside yeah. it was like so rotten. Um, it was really interesting, you know? And I realize now when I look at, cause I'm the inspired evolution podcast is all about trying to help people come to their, to their um, purpose, right? Find your purpose. What is it that you really are here to do? But fundamentally I'm driven not by purpose, by health. I care about your health. I just yeah. discovered that the biggest piece to the puzzle of your health is your purpose. You can't spend nine hours a day at a job you hate and then spend an hour in the gym and be healthy. It's yeah. just not going to work like that. You know what I mean? Like your happiness and your joy, everything is like viscerally connected to your dharma, what it is that you're doing in the way you're walking yeah. the world. Right? So that is like a very, very clear distinction to let's like, let's establish that is fit and healthy are two different things. Right? And if, if you really tune into the energy of fit, what does fit mean? You fit into the idea of what other people think looks good you're just fitting fitness how can how well can you fit into that idea of what a fitness magazine or a protein shaker cover told you to be you know and i'm not judging those people but for me that's not health Ooh. you know health is creativity longevity vitality it's these things that are less measurable than just your waistline and you know like the scales right um, yep. i'm not saying that it's not important to maintain a healthy weight and that sort of stuff but vitality is is a combination of your joy how much you show present in a moment you know these things matter more to me now personally so health and fitness two very different things um and then just to continue that 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 rabbit hole into you know what you shared about like corporate ladders um and just people trying to be other people my deepest philosophy in my heart which i've adopted is that basically you know i'm we are the universe looking in on ourselves Right. And so from that place, you're, you're, you're a unique perspective lens on the universe. Uh, my, my lens on the universe is different. Your lens on the universe is different. When we set up this podcast, uh, I remember when, when, we were, when we were having this conversation, it was like, isn't it fascinating that we may be inspired by similar things, but you'll send up the Integrally Alive podcast and I'll yeah. set up the Inspired Evolution podcast. And we'll end up with two very different shows, even though we're doing the same thing, which is interviewing people. Why does that happen? Because the lens that I'm afforded to look in on the universe is different to the lens that you're afforded to look in on the universe. Now, celebrate the diversity, celebrate the differences, right? But what is happening, I, my personal feeling, what I went through personally, I, you know, I graduated top of the class, touch wood, you know, like I did really well academically because I was footing the cookie cutter mold of what I thought I was meant to do until I saw that it wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go, which was like basically the CEO of a company. And I looked at the CEO, I looked at him and I was like, mm. you don't inspire me at all. You don't inspire my evolution in any way. Yeah. But 
So coming back to it, we're the universe looking in on ourselves, right? And so the, the universe has already created the guy with the mansion and the Ferrari. That guy's already there. The universe can experience itself through that. It doesn't need another one of them. Maybe it creates another two, another three, right? But maybe your perspective is to be the guy that surfs all day and plays the guitar, right? Maybe that's who you're meant to be. Maybe you're an author. Maybe you're not. Maybe like, you know, whatever it is that is naturally you. But meanwhile, you're trying to be the guy that's got the Ferrari in the mansion. You know, and that's because the universe is already looking in on itself in that way. That's not your role to do that. But you're trying so hard to be this guy that you're stressing yourself out, displacing yourself from your natural way of being, from who you really are to be this guy. And that's when dis-ease sets in because it's not easy for you to be that guy. It becomes dis-easy. That's where your health becomes compromised. And that's fundamentally why me personally, I'm so passionate about your purpose because I care about your health. And that's where it all ties in. I really want people to come back to their purpose, to what it is that they're here to do so they can experience vitality like never before. Yeah, I love the parallel you do with uh, health and purpose. I, I'm totally uh, in line with that. And it's true, it's exhausting to try to be someone else. It really is. <laughs> it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating. You know, like and a, lot of, a lot of like the coaching, like, I guess my coaching may be unorthodox. It's, it's me coaching, you know, it's, again, <laughs> it's the universe. Um, but I encourage people to get as crazy as possible, you know, obviously caveat, like, you know, in, like within the golden rule, yeah. which is that don't unto do, don't do unto others as you wouldn't want mm -hmm. done unto yourself, but embrace your craziness, you know, like you, my, the, the beginning of every podcast episode I host starts with a, you know, and it's like, that, that was the fun thing. I knew we would hear that on <laughs> this one, on that episode. I was waiting for it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and so like people told me never to make that sound again. And I was just like, really? that sound? Okay, I'm going to start every podcast episode with it, you know? And so that's like embracing your crazy, you know? And it's like, and now people have like adopted it. They're saying it back to me. I've got like, I deliver a room full of seminars and people are ewing back at me. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? You know, it's crazy. So yeah, embrace your crazy, you know. But isn't it crazy <laughs> that we are so afraid of our uniqueness. We are so afraid of letting, letting us be seen in, in, in one sense. And then when we finally do it, really, we realize that's actually why people love us. And that's actually why. And not only that as um, me, Claire, but when I'm being me, when I'm being really who I am, deep, 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 then I give permission to others to do the same. And I've seen this over and over and over again. They not only like me, but they feel like, oh, wow, there's a possibility for me as well in that. And quotes I have written on my bathroom window. Sorry, did I cut you off? Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm sure it's <laughs> um, going to be interesting. <laughs> there's a quote that I have written in my bathroom window and it's a Marianne Williamson quote and I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The bit goes like this. It's uh, <clears throat> my greatest fear is, is not that I am, is not that I am weak. It's something like it's, it's mm. powerful beyond measure. Yeah. It is not my darkness. It is my light yeah. that most frightens me. And when I, when I let go and tap into, well, now I'm paraphrasing, but when I tap into my highest light and I share from like, you know, I push past all my fears and I just shine past all my fears and be vulnerable. 
I ultimately give permission for other people to do the same. As I'm liberated from my fear, others are liberated from their fear. Yeah. And this is written on my on my on my bathroom wall, <laughs> and it's it's exactly what you're saying, and it it means so much to me what you're sharing. You know, it's like just you know everything we do. It, and this is a big part of you know healing depression as well. Is like interconnectedness. I think yeah. at the moment we're really lacking connection. But if you can just feel, you know, from a compassionate place that whatever you're doing, you're not just doing for you, you know, not from a place of ego, but just from a place of humility, you know, in, um, I think it was Boston recently, they did, um, like, I think it was a million people got together for four hours of meditation, right? And crime went down for the next month, 23%, right? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you, you yeah. look at it and you're like, oh, this is some woo-woo hippie stuff. But this is like, this is that, the, like, police officers are saying we can't, uh, like, attest it to anything else except that these people gathered in the center of town and they did this thing. Like, this is the only reasonable explanation. And it sounds, the head doesn't really like it. You know, it's like a non-reasonable explanation. I had you reason that out. But this is, you know, like, and again, so, like, just feeling that what you're doing is not just you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it. Um, for other people as well and just inviting more and more compassion into your life is, is super healing yeah it's so true I, I was um, well actually you know Nicole Gibson I was interviewing her and we were talking about the um, when you experience depression it's all about you you're fearful of what others might think about you you're, the whole filter you have the whole glasses you look life through is about how will it be about me? But then if you reverse that and kind of, um, for example, help someone, go and find what you can do for someone else, it's so empowering. And all of a sudden, it, you, be, you stop being this little me, which is like no power and all worry, but then you become someone who can help someone and you become part of something bigger and you, you overcome a lot of your, your worries and, and, um, and fears. And it's, it's a bit harsh to, to hear when you're experiencing these, oh, wow, no, you know, my life is difficult and so on. It's a bit difficult to hear, like, stop thinking about you, think about bigger. But it's really liberating, actually. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Um and I think that's why in a lot of the like oldest religions, you know, continuously you, you keep coming up with this thing about service. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like living a life of service and, you know, there's, there's obviously like filling up your own cup first. So you're healthy as well. So you're not just, you know, overextending what you're giving so that you know, there's always a caveat to every rule. But the minute you start living a life of, of just serving others, you know, serving others, serving others, everything else for yourself, falls into place, you yeah. know, everything else, you know, and that's, and to be honest, that's where, you know, the life coaching thing began, you know, like I was always the guy that my friends were coming to for advice. It was just, if, it was just what was my, like, it was just a natural, just the blends of the universe that <laughs> I was afforded, you know, like we were just sitting there having these conversations, helping people through their tough times, you know, helping them with positive psychology, helping them with positive philosophy, you know, there was stuff that I was just naturally curious about that I was always researching on and implementing in my life and it was helping others. And so that just naturally brought the groove to then, you know, go do the work further and just serving others. And before it was like just about trying to help myself. But then when I realized actually helping others was helping me, you know, yeah. and now that you can live, a, the more I help others, the more financially abundant I become, you know, and it's not about money, but it gives you an idea of like what energy is because money at the end of the day is just energy, right? So yeah. the more I help others, 
the more I get returned financially. It's like, oh, of course, you know, the more I serve, the more I like, the more I receive, the more I give, the more I receive, the more I give, the more I receive, you know, but if you're stuck in just sort of like, what can I grab for myself? How, how much can I receive? How much can I receive? You're not giving anything. You, it's very difficult to receive because everything is in, in this cycle. When you look at nature, everything is in cycles that way. You know? And you have to, you have to bear the both. If you cannot give, you cannot receive and vice versa, actually. I, yeah, it's, it's been a massive meditation. Actually, before I went to Estonia, yeah. my whole thing was, uh, my intention was to receive love. Um, and it just, it just came in a meditation. It was like, receive love. And I was like, oh, that's, that, that, that doesn't sound like, you know, it's like have fun is like something or do what you love is something. You know, <laughs> receive, receive love is like intrinsically dependent on other people to like yeah. bestow love, you know. And then I realized what was like where that wisdom came from. Like obviously afterwards it made sense because I was at Mind Valley and everybody's just like, thank you, thank you. There's so much love to share. <laughs> and Mind Valley that was like, oh my God, is like, yeah. okay, this is what it means to receive love. Like, you know? and, and, and I noticed little things in that way, in that space as well. You know, like when someone thanks you, it's very difficult for, for me personally to sit there and just be like, oh, mm, and just receive receive yeah. gratitude you know it's like immediately when they say thank you it's like oh but thank you because yeah. your appreciation at the very least you know or like everything else that you know like you were there you made it happen you co-created but i realized that again talking about cycles and energy it's like they've tried like like they've received something in their perception of things and they're wanting to give back like gratitude and i'm not doing them the service of receiving it i'm deflecting it yeah and saying thank you you know and it's like really learning anyway that was a meditation of mind receiving <laughs> yeah giving and receiving is a whole thing no but it, it's really true i i had a, a very good friend like this and he was so generous he was always giving giving his time lending books and so on but he, he couldn't receive and after mm. some time it felt so uncomfortable actually so it has to, like everything in life, I believe in balance. It has to, if you give, you, you should be able to receive. If you receive, you should be able to give and so on. If not, this is not, I mean, you know, there is this image of breathing. Breathing is taking air in, breathing out. If you try to do only one thing, it won't last long. <laughs> you will no be point. in trouble. <laughs> you can try. Let's see how long it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and I, I really love the, uh, the quote you shared by um, Marion Wilkinson. And yeah. actually, why? It's, it's, um, I have a few answers to that, but I still wonder why are we so afraid of being who we are? Why are we so afraid of being big and, and being fully the person we are? This, I, it, on the rational plane, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in the, in the 21st century rational plane, it doesn't make sense at all. Mm. So, again, comes back to did you ever stand a chance you know and this is where I try and give people as much space to breathe around you know I'm not giving them excuses but at the same time I'm like just inviting them to add some space and some space for self-love and self-kindness because fundamentally there's the reptilian part of your brain right which like when we were back in like our ability to fit into a pack was like woven with our survival if we couldn't fit into a pack then we would not thrive. We would not survive, right? And almost to the point where this is like the, the poet or the romantic or something in me, like I see it as in 
if I was ostracized from my pack for being different, for being like a peacock instead of being a dove, you know, um, then my pack would ostracize me and be like, just leave the pack. You're not part of the pack. If I fit into my pack and I was, and I tried to be a dove, even though I was a peacock, Mm -hmm. right? At least I would die surrounded by doves. And I would have that certainty that I was, I died with love, you know, I would like, I almost, think that we would rather have chosen that than to just be abandoned into the bush and be like, yeah. okay, I'll be my peacock self, but live life on my own in the fear of the unknown. There's a, there's a fear of the unknown, Yeah, you know? And so I think that's quite heavily programmed into uh, the reptilian part of our brain. And I just feel like we never really, um, did you ever stand a chance, you know? So that's, that's the, that's the, the, the context that you're dealing with. So from that space, how do you then go, oh, it's okay for me to be unique and different and yeah. all this stuff. And, you know, there's, there's so much that's going on like that. I, like when you look at a lot, like a lot of what society is, is doing, contributing, creating, yeah. what marketing plays on for some people, you know, um, wow, this episode sounds like I've got a vendetta against marketing, but <laughs> it's just the situation that I, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's like a lot of people are playing to the fears that humans have. You know, yeah. uh, it's like you've got this fear, and you know how can you know how can we how can we like you know support you through your fear because that's where problems come from. Where you feel love, like I'm going to sound like a complete hippie, but where you've got love, you've only got solutions, right? Like where you've like when you first started when you first started dating someone and you felt absolute love for them, well, did they have any problems? No, you were just like oh, even the stuff that was wrong, you Mm-mm. fixed and you patched in your mind's eye because you love them. Yeah. Right. So love, love is all solutions. Fear is all problems. And that's the, the primordial fear that we have, you know, is like fitting in um, is so intrinsically woven to our survival that we try not to stick our head up. But fundamentally, especially now, the time is ready for and you can see it in the global shift now with more and more people like the big reason, a big reason behind why I do the Inspired Evolution podcast is because by 2030, the stats are out. 65 percent of our jobs are going to be made redundant by artificial intelligence right? So what are we going to do yep. when we're no longer in corporations and like yep. machines doing all the crunching and putting this paperwork here and making sure this person's safe, all this sort of stuff. Machines will do it better. Like the, the IBM Watson can solve legal cases better um, for like, I think the human, he was like, I think it was 80% better than the human or something. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got robots doing surgery now and they're, they're, the precision is better, you know? Yeah. Um, now, from that space, like, what are we going to do as human Mm-mm. beings? And my humble opinion, you know, this is just my conviction, is that we're all going to be entrepreneurs or creatives. And to me, they're the same thing. You're going to have to find yeah. a way to make yourself useful and serve society. And that's what the Inspired Evolution is all about. It's about inspiring to evolve, to find your gifts, share your gifts, what it is that you're here to do. Actually, let's talk about it because you have some, you, you, I don't remember something I read or, but you, you are talking about making wisdom viral. And like, and I <laughs> totally love that thing. I mean, before beginning this podcast, I was, I'm always interested in hearing people's story there. And I found so much wisdom in that. I believe every, everyone has something to share through their story. And what's beautiful is often they don't even see it. And when you're mirrored to that, it's beautiful to, to witness the, Oh, right. I did that. And yes, I learned that. And, and this can benefit others. And that's why I began also the, this podcast. I was, I was like, 
okay, I'm hearing all these things and it's helping me, and, but I want to share that. <laughs> I want everyone to know. So I totally believe everyone is inspiring and I love, uh, I actually love what you're doing to your podcast. So let's, yeah, let's talk about this, making wisdom viral. Um, yeah, so this, uh, the actual phrase, making wisdom go viral, <clears throat> is something that I adopted from Jay Shetty. Okay. Um, he, he, he coined that phrase, making um, wisdom go viral. And um, I remember when I first, actually, Jay was a massive inspiration of mine. I remember when I first saw his video, um, it was, he was uh, quoting philosophers. And what he was doing, I was just like, oh, my God, that's all the stuff I'm passionate about. That's all the stuff I'm always talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm like touch wood from a humble place. But this guy's like created something where other people can receive it. You know, that's, that's crazy. Like how did that? And I'm just, and then I started watching how many people were engaged with this, like with this stuff. And I was like, man, like everybody must be feeling how I feel inside, you know, like there's this thirst for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, I feel like 2018 is just like the bee's knees. You know, we have, lots of global issues but we also have a massive amount of community coming yeah. together to resolve those uh, those yeah. issues and so for me connection is like one of my highest values and so whenever connection shows up i get excited you know um and so in terms of also connection of ideas and philosophies and like now in 2018 here i'll give you an example so i wake up in the morning i meditate like an indian person right <laughs> so that's 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 the practice that i do right and then at the end of my meditation, I do this meditation called the six phase meditation uh, by, a yeah. by a Malaysian guy, right? Okay. And then I do some light stretching and I do some Qigong work, which is from China, <clears throat> Tibet, right? And then I make medicinal mushrooms, right, from Tibet in my house. I make a tonic, like a herbal tonic. And then I practice some light yoga, again, from India, right? And then I play a drum, which is basically from South America, right? And then I play my handpan, which was invented in switzerland and then i've got a brazilian guitar right and so like all these cultures and all these deep like music is a deep thing of its own meditation and deep thing of its own herbalism yeah. a deep thing of its own then i wake up and, I'm, and i and i work on my computer made in the states i live in australia you know so like and now i'm interfacing with all these cultures all these different things but fundamentally what i personally felt was that now in 2018 we can see that all the ancient cultures were all saying the same thing yeah you know it's like your connection to nature you know life you know and just like all the messages about life you know what spirituality boils down to like being a good human being all these sort of things like yes they've got different packagings but inside you know like the fundamentals the core fundamentals more or less are the same in my humble opinion um, I feel like human interpretations of things, of course, you know, vary. But deep down inside, I feel like the wisdom from all the different cultures, there are many congruent themes. If you choose to look at the similarities, you'll find plenty. And so for me, that is what embodies wisdom. And um, for me, wisdom really started again with my father. He was, um, you know, we were, as even as a young kid, you know, I was maybe <laughs> young, like four or five. He's, <laughs> he's talking to me about, you know, like, he's making me contemplate uh, or he enjoyed having me contemplate about like a space beyond space time beyond time and i'm like what is that even like how do you even like what does that mean you know and he's like just just contemplate about about time beyond time 
and like your brain would short circuit. It's like, this is a mystical thing. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, but this is what it's like growing up in an Indian household with uh, <laughs> spiritual, you know, touch wood. So there was always this curiosity that was impregnated really early on, thanks to my father. And now like that curiosity has bloomed and continues to, you know, like humility is the key. It's the, the virtue of everything, you know, two things I got from my father, humor and humility. These <clears> things will guide you through everything, you know? And so, with humility continually comes more and more wisdom. As long as you humble yourself, you will find more and more things to learn. Yeah, it's about staying curious, right? I, I love the um, a saying they have in Japan, which is beginner's mind. Doing everything as it was the first time you're doing. You, you know when you see kids and they discover life, like, wow, there is some kind of excitement and this curiosity, but in a very innocent uh, way of mm -hmm. I'm doing that and I don't know at all what I'm doing and let's see what, how it will turn out, right? I've totally, um, you know, I've been meditating on this quite a bit with curiosity as well and it, mm. it comes back for me, again, this is my conviction, but, you know, being the universe looking in on ourselves, why is the universe looking in on itself? You know, there's like a natural <laughs> innate sense of curiosity <laughs> curiosity is like impregnated into the fabric of everything inherently you know and so that's why curiosity feels so good you know but so I, and this is where a lot of the work that i do a lot of people have turned the cure like not turn the curiosity off but they've just blunted it you know again yeah. and again they were curious about something and it's like no i've got to i've got to make sure i'm good at work you know it's like oh i really love the way that guy plays the guitar it's like oh, i've got to go be good at work i really love the way that person draws no i've got to go be good at work you know so you you stunt your creativity um again and again and so your curiosity you know can't express itself but curiosity is so 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 vital and to the point where you know when we talk about finding purpose finding meaning a lot of the times the easy like most of my breakthroughs happen with just going okay tell me what's in your space at home what like open up your kindle show uh -huh. me what books you've been reading open up your youtube what have you been watching you know and it'll always be like it'll always be something there's there's a consistent theme you can see it it's in your space like if i, <laughs> if I look in my house now like <laughs> yeah there's a, there's an instrument right there there's instruments over there, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's music and there's and yeah and there's music and there's books. So I, I, I love I love to read. I love to receive like, you know, and to read and and to to think about ideas. And I love to make music, you know. So you can't really fake that because your space is your personal space. And when you go through my phone, you know, it's like the same thing. It's like, like you keep showing up. Your curiosity, despite you trying so hard to be someone you're not, <laughs> is fundamentally permeating everything you're doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's the universe's innate nature. You are meant to be looking at yourself, but you're just trying to patch this other person onto you and be like, I'm not this curious guy. You know, I'm not into this and I'm not into that. But again, the hey, yeah, yeah, the blessing is that by 2030, 65% of us are not going to have jobs. So you're going to have to go explore your curiosity, <laughs> whether you like it or not. I'm my humble universe is guiding us that way. So what are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, every time we, we stop wondering, I, I love actually this, the uh, English uh, phrase, I wonder, and the double meaning that there is into, in that, you know? Yeah. And 
every time you you stop asking well why not it's what we were referring in the in the first place like all these rules we have around ourselves all these rules that others decided and we don't even question because it's like that and the moment we are we start asking well well, I'm basically asking any question, <laughs> being curious again. Then becomes more and more possibilities. But I love what you were sharing because so many people just, they, they kind of freak out when, we, when you talk about purpose, for example. And they're like, I don't know, it, it seems so big, you know, like your life missions and something like that. And it's like, I don't know, I'm just a regular guy. And uh, <laughs> so I love the way you, you wave it into very mundane things like look around you what's what's there this is your purpose this is what you want to do and you know it's it, and you're right you know it does it does sound quite heavy and it can be a lot to a lot to chew and a lot to take on when you start thinking about because a lot of people when they think about purpose they associate that with destiny or legacy yeah. or these really like really deep things you know mm -hmm. but purpose and it is deep like when you look at purpose basically what you're asking is why yeah you know and why is a really deep question you know what is really easy what am i going to eat what am i going to do next what 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 is very easy it's very like out here it's just like yeah, what am i going to do there what am i going to do here what am i going to do that no worries how is a little bit deeper you know how is a little bit like oh okay how am i going to do that or you know it's like okay now i've got a like strategy comes into it but why? Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> you know, that's, that's all the way in there. That's like, that, that is as deep as it gets. And I, yeah. <laughs> no, come on, go on. <laughs> so, so for me, it's, you know, at some point you like, I feel like, and this is my own journey. Like mm -hmm. the, de the depression takes you to a point where I guess, there's no other way of putting it depression for me and I know a lot of people are going through depression and actually I firmly believe this is that depression is a blanket term which is used to diagnose many different things which is oh. absolutely incorrect you know yes because like if you lost a loved one and you're going through depression I don't think you can call that depression you're meant to feel something you lost someone yeah. Right? You're going through yeah. something. I'm not negating what you're going through, but there should be a different term for all the different things that people experience rather than just going depression. Right? So there's a whole conversation to have around that. But, but I love that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because right. actually that's something I would like to change. The way we see depression is totally wrong for me. And often it's, it's even like it's a, a black and white kind of thing. So oh, I am fine or I am depressed or, you know, and, and it's really just yesterday I had this conversation. One a person was asking me what I was doing and I was telling, I was helping people with depression and suicide and trauma. And he was like, oh, is that not dangerous? <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, it's not like I'm going to be depressed if I talk to someone who's, who's depressed and we are, we have so many misconceptions about that. And the whole way we see mental health is totally wrong for me. Just the fact that we call it mental health. Well, it's health. Mental and physical, and they go together. <laughs> we are separating things that are not separated. Like we, we come back to connection that you were, you were mentioning before, and I totally agree with you. We miss yeah. that connection to ourselves, to nature, to the world, to, to everything. So for me, depression is... It's a spectrum, 
Yes. And it's killing a part of you inside of you. And the more parts of you you kill, then the more depressed you, you become. And I love what you were saying about, yes, if someone dies in my, uh, in my family or my friend, so I'm going to be sad. I'm, I mean, hopefully I'm, I'm going to feel bad. And that is normal. But our society is really forgot how to deal with pain and we just want to push it away and you'll be that positive fully living kind of person and this is making harm actually this is harming people because i i strongly believe and i see it in my clients that this is delaying the moment where people feel okay with sharing what's happening and saying look i'm struggling so this ties in exactly to what i was sharing before so this this perfectly segued into and so this was my direct experience is that for me personally depression is simply and this is again please excuse me if i'm you know if you, this doesn't resonate with you you're using the word simply mm -mm. but for me my experience is simply the lack of expression or authentic yeah. expression yeah so depression is like depress and express is to push out so depress is pull in and expression is push out so when you're expressing, you know, you're expressing your creativity. The creativity helps you express. That is like, it's the, they're the same thing, expression and creativity. Mm -mm. Right? And so from there, when you're doing expression and creativity, then, you know, why? Why are you being creative? Like, what, like you know, the why automatically starts coming in at that point. Yeah. And that's where my depression took me, you know? It was like, okay, I'm not expressing. Why? what like and then what will i express and all that comes from your wife yeah and actually i would like to talk about something you're doing which i found great and wonderful which is bringing meditation on construction sites construction sites <laughs> and I mean, the first place you think about when you think about the um, meditation is not a construction site. So how did it all begin and what's your experience around that? Awesome. Again, as with everything, there's a long story and a short story. <laughs> uh, um, but the, the, the short-ish story would be um, that I, um, I basically, I became through my mental health um, challenges, became a meditator. And it completely, you know, like restored balance for me. Um, and then I was a structural engineer and I became, you know, I, as a structural engineer, I became a project manager and I was just managing the development of high rise buildings. Um, so that's what we basically did for years. Um, just helping construct towers that were 40 stories or higher uh -huh. basically, in Melbourne CBD. And um, as I was doing this more and more, like I was, there was this weird sort of like, like, because fundamentally as a meditator, you start realizing like the interconnectedness of everything. And then you yeah. start questioning certain things because as an engineer, and you'll find this, I've had a few conversations like this recently, there's a lot of engineers on the personal development path. And the question is why are so many engineers drawn to this? And it's because naturally as a good engineer, touch wood, what you ideally do initially is de-engineer what someone else has built. Mm -hmm. you, know, you look at it and you break it down into its fundamental building bits and you go, okay, this is how we built it up. Cool. I can build something similar now. Yeah. But engineers naturally will do that over time with society. They'll look at society and they'll go, this is how it was built up, deconstruct it. Ooh, okay. 
we just all decided that a dollar was a dollar, <laughs> you know, like it just, we all just decided on a unit and then it was like, that's okay, you know. And then uh, the bank gives me a loan and it's just like, okay, but where did the dollars come from? You know, so we, we, <laughs> yes. we'll deconstruct the engineering mind. will deconstruct these things and try and think about like where it all reached and just go, wait a minute. What? You know, so like it, it is, it is quite interesting. So being the engineer, I started thinking about where all the resources for all the buildings that we were constructing were coming from. And uh, the bottom line of it was they were coming out of the earth and I was literally just displacing resources and minerals from the earth and erecting them in the city um which wouldn't have been an issue if people were actually living in the houses we were building but the reality of the situation was that only 50 to 60 percent of the like the the spaces we would build would would sell um people to live in the other ones would be purely for investment Mm. you know and so basically i was extracting minerals and resources and all this stuff from the earth and just pumping them into the built environment and um yeah just to just so people can back park their money which is a, a concept somewhere you know mm. and um the thing that really rubbed me up and again like this took me some learning but now i realize like connection is my highest value um i was good at my job because i could connect with people um and as a, as a manager that's that's kind of what you got to do project manager right so you're helping like just connecting with people making all the dots happen making everybody get everything done um but one aspect of the job is that basically you've got deadlines you've got timelines you've got finance restrictions and you've got to fit humans into those timelines so basically you're dehumanizing people with the way i saw it by mm-hmm. making them into spreadsheets yeah. um just forcing and squeezing and pushing people, companies, individuals into spreadsheets to meet deadlines to get a bonus so that you finish earlier than you intended to just by, you know, squeezing the life out of human beings. And I was watching this and, you know, it's a, I I can't say like, you know, construction is a a terrible industry. It is an industry with lots of challenges in it Mm. for sure. Um, just the fact that here in Australia, here in Victoria and Australia, we work, um, 6am to 6pm and you're expected to do that six days of the week. Six days. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, and again, you know, it sounds like, oh, that must've been really hard, but just to, just to caveat, like mm-hmm. if it hadn't have been my, like if I hadn't been working in construction, there would, and I was doing a nine to five, I'm pretty certain I could have easily made the nine to five work all the way up until my midlife crisis, (laughs) you know, but because it was like taxing so much of my energy and there's so much of a, and I could see the effect it was having on all the people that were in the industry. Yeah. um, It just, I got a lot of that thing that people get from the nine to five grind. I got ground up a lot quicker, a lot (laughs) faster. And um, I started realizing that this is not sustainable. And so I started asking some really deep questions. And from there, basically, I, um, I didn't know what the solution was, but I started the Inspired Evolution podcast. And um, on the back of that, people started asking me, you know, where is this going? And I, you know, to be honest, I was just inspired to evolve into living a life of a creative or an entrepreneur. Mm. And I didn't, so I didn't even... You were still yeah. working in the construction uh, environment? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. And so fundamentally, what was happening at the time was, I was trying to, and so this is again, just an insight for, uh-huh. for listeners. I'm perhaps passionate about setting up a podcast and this is why I'm so passionate about 
helping people such as yourself set up a podcast <laughs> is um, for me, a podcast is, you know, it's not about creating audio content. A lot of people are like, I want to create audio content so I can set myself up as an expert and people will come to me. You know, if that's your vibe, then by all means, you're totally entitled to that. Please, you know, you, you know, Viva. Um, but the way I looked at approach podcasting was more, okay, really humbly, I'm in this job um, and I get paid really well, but I'm not like there is more meaning to life. I just mm. know there is, you know, yeah. and I can see there's people out there that are living that meaningful life. But how, how do I become one of them? You know, like I want to live that life. And then again, like I said, the CEO at my job did not inspire me. Mm. And so I just decided that, you know, through the podcasting, hopefully I'd interview maybe 200, 300 people. Um, and I would learn the best from the people that inspired me the most um, about how to best approach this and go do this. Um, the funny thing was I lasted about 15 episodes because I realized to be creative or an entrepreneur, it was all about basically like resilience, um, trust in the universe, um, just believing in yourself, um, courage. So like all these things are not things that you can learn in a manual. It's things you like yep. you have to learn by taking the action, you know? Yeah. And so fundamentally when I did this, I wanted to like, I didn't realize this at the time. I just did what I needed to do, but in hindsight, and this is why I, I like what I support people like yourself through now is like create a movement, you know, and don't, don't create content, you know, just create yeah. a movement. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? Mm. You know, and like what is your curiosity naturally calling for and who are the people that can help you get there? And don't just, sit down and call them and get them to be your mentor, actually record the conversations you have with them, right? Record the conversations you have with them, share them through podcasting. And you know, your whole life, like my whole life has changed. My whole life has changed. It's completely different. And it's only been 12 months, mm. 12 months ago, I started a podcast and now uh, yeah, I run around not just construction companies now, but also it companies, um, very different sector, very more white collar, less blue collar. Um, and so a different environment, but yeah, just mindfulness work on construction sites. So for me, it was, it was great because I could, I, I, I really felt the value that I could bring as well, um, to the construction site. It's, 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 it's work that I love doing, um, because I'm basically connecting with, with the people, you know, fundamentally, and we're guiding, you know, rooms of rooms of people like through meditations, um, twice a week, you know, and it's, it's really profound, really profound. And just the shifts and the conversations you get to have. Yeah. And again, you know, especially in Australia, we have this culture where everybody thinks that um, Australians are a bit rough around the edges. And then when you think about construction, that's perpetuated further, you know, it's like, weird. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is like construction workers are just human beings too, you know, like, and if anything, because of expectations, where they've got no one to talk to you know so the minute a guy rocks up and he's like let's meditate um they're just like okay and they'll meditate a couple of times and then you know we start going into much deeper seated issues like i've got anger issues or yeah. uh, i've i've got this issue and i've got this and i don't even have the time in my life to resolve it to show up the way that i want to you know and so that opened up just through service you know just having to help people through their anger issues and stuff like that that just burst so much um yeah like life coaching stuff um and so that's kind of where all this has been mm. been channeling to and from and um yeah now it's this is kind of this is what i do and um yeah it's, it's an absolute blessing i get to connect with people 
again and again, which again is my highest value. So you know that touch wood, I'm on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it's it's bringing people back to themselves, which fundamentally is is an amazing gift because yeah, it's I couldn't think of anything more rewarding. Yeah, well, there's so much in what you share. We could do on a whole other podcast on uh, <laughs> just digging all <laughs> what you just shared. <laughs> but I have a few things. Um, you you made me think about um, someone I, I met, and this guy was actually he was a, a builder, <laughs> and we kind of project. You know, we we project our view on okay, this guy is a builder, so he's not very spiritual and so on. And this person, we began to talk, and for whatever reason, he felt that he I could listen to him without judging. So he shared that kind of out of the blue. I was like, oh, okay, why, why now? He shared the time when he woke up one night and he saw the Virgin, like the Madonna in his room and his wife, his wife was there and she was like, I never heard about that. <laughs> she was surprised. And this guy felt like he had to, to say first, like a disclaimer or, you know, I'm not very spiritual. I don't believe in things. But that night I saw this and I know what I saw and it was real. And it, I heard this through the lines of what you were sharing. When you, when you're just there with someone and, bringing or whatever we the way we do it but facilitating the connection between that person and one part of of them that maybe they don't feel allowed to express usually it's so healing i, I was seeing him really like I, i could see his face was kind of relieved to to say that maybe he, he had i mean that was years ago so he had kept this for himself For years and years, I was the only person he said it in this whole year. He, he shared that afterwards. Like, this is the first time I'm talking about this. Even his wife didn't, didn't know. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, these things, like, at the end of the day, you know, like, um, it's how long do people have to carry these things for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, like, people think, oh, life coach, you know, it's about performance, it's about this, it's about that. To be honest, like the podcasting has helped me become a really good life coach because 90% of my job is listening. Yes, yes. You know, I'm here to listen, you know, and that's that's pretty and, – and it's and people find that absurd. When I say that to them, it's like, oh, you get paid to listen. And it's like, <laughs> when was the last time you listened to somebody? Nobody yeah. listens to anybody. This is yes. what society has gotten to. Don't judge me. This is what society's at. <laughs> to listen <laughs> it's crazy but this is where it's at um but yeah you know people are, are walking around carrying so much stuff yeah today like emotion is just energy in motion and you know when you're holding an emotion the energy is stuck and man that is just you know there is so much in there that if you could just voice it if you could just share it you know it already starts to come apart and move and give space for something new something beautiful to book to, to grow in there you know Um, but people don't have that opportunity. Like you said, he couldn't even share it with his wife. But yeah, you know, where you started the point was like, you know, construction workers and um, yeah, you know, like one of my biggest mentors, um, his name's Grant and uh, he lives here in Melbourne. He's, he's got his own construction company and um, he's fascinating. So he is like, he's amazing. He is super, super spiritual and runs a construction company, has a family of five kids, you know, it's, it's just, everything is just, 
you know, you go see him and he's just a wild energy. He's amazing. He's an absolute inspiration. And um, he was telling me about how like one time on his construction site, there was this guy that was digging a hole and he'd been digging a hole for like two, three hours. Right. And this guy leant over and spat in his hole. <laughs> right? And then, um, and then the guy that was digging the hole went up to Grant and said, he's leaving early for the day. <laughs> And then Grant goes, why are you leaving? We've got deadlines, yeah. mate. You can't leave. And he's like, I just spent half a day putting good energy in that hole and then Ralph just spat in it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover because you might think they're just construction workers, but no, it's, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there's good vibes everywhere, you know. And, uh, yeah. And that's kind, of, that's kind of been my agenda as well, you know, is just... Um, just you know really having positive conversations on construction sites as well you know like and it's it's such a blessing just when you start having these conversations around like just a guided meditation or mindfulness practices just helping them be more mindful of you know just their environment also their words their language the language can be in their lives just the what the workplace becomes yeah and it's it's not me you know it's it's just the practice of mindfulness the blessing that it is yeah um People were just, you know, the, the, the relationships are better. Um, there's less sick days. People enjoy going to work. People feel valued by each other. People are much more open and honest communicators. It's, it's, it's just, it's insane. Like it's, it literally, for me, it's like a silver bullet. Obviously I am a hammer. So everything looks like a nail, um, but meditation, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible what it can do. And these people, like and people always ask me are people receptive to it you know are people receptive to mm. it and um i think to be honest that's kind of that was the magic source for me personally coming into a construction site because i'd been there for years and years and years yeah. you know, for five seven years i'd been on construction sites and so rocking up you know i'm dressed just like they are i, I speak the same way they speak you know i can communicate to them in their own language um and but when we go into a meditation, I'll even guide them through, you know, like I, I don't have to be the meditation teacher that doesn't swear during his meditations, you know, like I will swear my way through a meditation if that's what they need to be able yeah. to surrender into their process. Yeah. And I honestly, I feel really humbled that I have the opportunity to be that guy. I'm not the meditation guy that's like, okay, closing down your eyes letting go, not judging that person, but I'm the guy like, all right, guys, let's sit around in a circle, close down your eyes and just see you know how you're feeling emotionally some days you're fucked some days you're feeling better you know and it's 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 relatable and they really value that and i feel really humble to be of service in such a way you know um and so yeah it's it's an absolute 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 gift and a blessing to and again you know this is that's the inspired evolution right so um again i don't just do it for myself i try to find what it is it's my creativity that i can share with people so that other people are inspired to find their own unique offerings for the world as well so that they can do it too so we're not doing this all by ourselves yeah i love what you share about the way I, I would love actually to listen to one of your meditations because <laughs> they're I, not all full of swear words just I've, to like, I've got some, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The IT company gets different kind of medicine. Uh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I love the way you, you present it. I deeply believe that we always have to meet people where they are and not try to, oh, I'm this very spiritual person because I'm all, I mean, I, I believe sometimes spirituality. And yes. really, I work in like, 
I'm wearing black, uh, white and I'm having this incense. And we become this kind of archetype of nothing, actually, just an idea of what spirituality should be. But spirituality is casual. I mean, I, I really believe that we, it's important to, like, we can bring it back to daily life. And it was before. I mean, you mentioned uh, ancient tradition before. And not so long ago, everything was spiritual. Everything. And if you travel, like I was with Maoris in New Zealand, for example, everything they do, there is spirituality behind. There, there is a spiritual reason behind. And that is just embedded in their daily life. They just, it's the way they live. So I really, really appreciate the way you work, actually. Thank you so much for your blessings. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah you know, and I totally agree with you. You know, we are, I, I totally believe that, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. Um, and I understand that it's not for everybody, you know, and when, and that's another thing as well, you know, when you start saying meditation, people start immediately associating it with a religious practice. Yeah. And I think that's why mindfulness is really healthy because it does exactly what you just shared. It meets people where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not like your breath is not doesn't care if you're Christian, doesn't, it's like the sun, the sun doesn't care if you're Christian, yeah. Islamic. It, it gives you life, it breathes sun energy onto you all the time, you know, so for me, spirituality, a lot has come back to, you know, fundamentally, how am I showing up with, and this is going to sound very pagan, but this is the reason it is that way, you know, like earth, fire, wind, and water, yeah. you know, how is my breathing? Am I meditating? Am I breathing in good air? Like is my relationship with my breath good? Am I drinking good, clean water? Am I drinking heaps of soft drinks or am I drinking water? Um, earth, what is my food like? You know, am I eating good, good, nourishing, nourishing, organic, like healthy food, trying to do the best that I can with the decisions that I have and fire? Am I getting good sunlight? You know, and for me, that's just a way of being. That's a lifestyle. But like you said, that's that's living and that's spiritual for me anyway, yeah. you know. <laughs> so just making my life like ticked with all of these things and holding awareness for all these things makes sure that I feel like I'm living a spiritually connected life. And and that's, yeah, that's, that's where that's at for me. Um, but meeting people where they're at, I you know, there's an interesting thing in that because um, I've interviewed someone named Chris Ventura and he's really interesting. He loves to surf. Man, does he love to surf and he's an entrepreneur. Um, and he basically has this idea which I, I've come to adopt, um, which is there are two types of activists, right? Um, there are those that basically live on the mountain and just pray every day and uh -huh. that's what they're going to do. Or there are those that just surf every day and that's just what they're going to do. And then and he believes that those people are useful to society because they're basically holding what he calls a frequency. Mm. They're holding an energy. They're like, you know, this is possible for humanity. You know, like we can just surf all day, become a surf instructor and just surf all day. Then he believes there are those people that surf all day uh, and love to surf all day, but then also surf when they can, but then also like bring that energy back to like mainstream and say, Hey, look, mm. like, you know, uh, I really care about surfing, but, we really don't need to pollute the uh, the earth with plastics. So I'm going to set up a business that is like, you know, alternative solutions to plastics, you know? So, and that's kind of his work. So like there's these people that are doing like the work of what they call, what he calls it the bridge. And I kind of feel like that's, you know, like meeting people where they're at um, is an interesting concept because on some, on some level, level sure, there are some people that need to hold the energy and the frequency that they hold. 
Um, but on another level, it's like, you know, there there is the work of other people that are bridging the work. And I think most people like yourself and myself are trying our best to, to bridge, you know, and trying to bring wisdom and make it, you know, spread further and bring meditation and make it spread further into environments and, um, and just, yeah, like doing things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm enjoying really much the, this conversation. It's so packed. And I haven't had still many, many questions, but my mentor said, you have to keep your podcast to uh, <laughs> talk certain time. So that's what we will do. <laughs> if there's anything we left out. I also told you, you can always do a part two. So there's always... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was separately thinking about that. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be an absolute blessing to, uh, to come on and meet again and... Yeah, it's, it's really been lots of fun. Um, did you have any last questions? There, yeah, I have two last questions. Is there anything we left out that you would really want to, uh, to say today? Yeah, so um, fundamentally, I think, um, actually, no, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is fascinating. So I was just about to, before I asked you for the questions, I was, yeah, I was just going to thank you for um, the space that you've held. Um, it's been a really, it's been a really fun conversation. I've really felt like you've, you've let, like let me be myself and, and share so openly and so freely. And it really, I can't tell you how much it means to me to just have the opportunity to speak, but then also just feel like you know this is the opportunity, this is the experience that everybody gets that connects to you. It's, it's such a blessing. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Claire. Because yeah, fundamentally, my message is quite simple. Um, it's basically you know, health and purpose are the same thing. You know, there, there's no, oh, am I am I healthy or am I on purpose? No, no, they're, they're actually the same thing. And the example I give everybody, we've touched on this a lot in the podcast already, um, is basically that like Beyonce, everybody knows who Beyonce is. She, she goes three nights, right, without sleeping. All she does is eat, uh, is uh, no, no, no eat, no sleep. She just drinks uh -huh. water, right, for three days straight when she's filming her music videos. Okay. So every time she releases an album, she does all her music videos back to back to back to back to back. Now, <laughs> where did someone get that energy? Like if you, if you watch Beyonce dance, she's an entertainer, she dances, right? So there's a mm -hmm. lot of high, high energy dancing that goes into someone producing that content. So how does someone show up for three days straight without food, without sleep to continually do this? That's, that was like, that's been an early fascination of mine. Mm -mm. Because if I rocked up to Beyonce and said, hey, here's a shovel. Can you please go dig a hole for the next three hours? First of all, she'd look at me like, Amrit, who are you? And I'd be like, okay, no, seriously, this is an experiment. Go do it. And if she's game, she's, she's Beyonce, she's hardworking. Maybe she'll dig it for three hours. But after about six hours, she's going to be like, no, this is not what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Right? So that for me brings into Chris' focus is like, where does the energy come from? When you don't get sleep, you don't get food, mm -mm. You, can, you can do what you're meant to be doing and just drink water and you can be fine and you can do your work really, really, really well. So for me, that is like, that becomes esoteric straight away. For me, that's my humble opinion. It's, uh -huh. it's out there. But it's like, you know, this is, the energy is there when you're doing what you're meant to be doing. You experience health, you experience vitality when you're on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, that's, that's my message. That's, that's as, as succinctly as I can put it in a metaphor. So it's really important to find your, your health so you can experience the highest, highest levels of um, health and vitality so you can find your purpose, please. Yeah. And, uh, and again, we've, we've touched on it, you know, finding your purpose, yeah. 
look in your space what's around you you know what do you naturally look up what are you naturally curious about and just you know there's so many ways to explore this further meet like-minded people do certain things like that and um, yeah there's so much available <laughs> the last really question is what makes you feel alive <laughs> um, connections a pretty big one um, yeah connecting with other people um, definitely is a massive one for me so connection is definitely one of my highest values um, but as I say that I think love is definitely like I have to say love as well so I guess um, for me again spirituality is actually unity right like when we start seeing everything is yeah. so I kind of see love as being the biggest umbrella and then underneath the love umbrella is kind of like the unity umbrella where everybody comes together to love. And then in order to facilitate all that unity, you need to have connection mm -hmm. at a really elemental level. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what makes me feel alive. To be honest, the more I, I can connect, the more I feel at one with others, the more, you know, love that I experience touch wood, you know, is it's, that, that lets me know that I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm doing something or something or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can totally relate to that connection is one of my highest values. So, yep. <laughs> okay. Well, where can listeners find you? Um, awesome. So basically Facebook's a really great place to mm -hmm. find everything. Um, at the moment, um, we've been super, like super active building up the Inspired Evolution Facebook page. Um, so you can find everything there. Um, even if you direct message the Inspired Evolution Facebook page, um, those messages come directly to me. So okay. that's www.facebook.com forward slash inspired, I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D, inspired, Evo. So E-V-O, um, not the full word evolution. Nice and short for you. So inspired Evo. Um, yeah, you can find Inspired Evolution there and everything that's coming up. And if you send us a personal message there, um, we can talk about anything which one the other um, there is a website but that's that's the best place Facebook <laughs> okay well I mean that's been a blessing that's been really a really nice conversation I really enjoyed it and it will be I mean it's packed with insights and good good stuff so I'm really happy with this uh, conversation thank you so much for being with us today thanks for what you're doing I mean you're, you're doing an amazing work like I mean, to, to everything you, you're doing, bringing mindfulness, helping podcasters. I love what you share about podcasts. I mean, really, thank you. A big, big thank you to, uh, to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, yeah, i learning to receive. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, um, yeah, Claire, even, like, um, just being able to, yeah, to, to be able to share. And I have to, I, I can't tell, like, there's just this feeling I can't really put words to, but just being able to be a guest on your show. Um, like, yeah, I'm not a father. I don't know what it means to be like a proud father. I'm not saying like the Inspired Evolution is the daddy of your show is weird, but it like there's some sort of weird feeling inside of just like, just the, uh, the level of openness and freedom in a conversation that you yeah. before. Yeah. Um, that is really like, you know, is something that I, I have the, like continually have the ambition to try and just keep it as free flowing and open as deep as possible. Um, and just to experience that firsthand is man, like I'm almost emotional. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And, uh, and yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be part of your journey and thank you so much for having me today. Um, just for feeling me out and just having the opportunity to share, you know, what's in my heart 
Um, and just, yeah, always wishing you like all the best with everything that's coming up, you know, and if there's any more I can help you with, always, <laughs> always, always here for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Well, thanks you everyone for listening. So if you like what you hear, leave a comment on the blog, subscribe to the podcast and till next time. Until then, spark a life and be integrally alive. Bye. <laughs>